to share this scripture with you, Psalms 89, 34. It says, my covenant I will not break, nor after the word that has gone out of my lips. God's not a God that he's going to break covenant. God's not a God that he is going to be slack concerning his promises. And I know there's a lot of you out there and you're, you're in the middle of maybe fear or you're in the middle of sickness or you're in the middle of fighting some sickness in your body or fighting some thoughts of sickness. And I just want to tell you right now, God's not a God that's going to break his promises nor break his covenant to you. And the Lord says to you right now, have faith in me and watch what I can do for you. Just have faith in me and watch my word work in your life. Get out of fear and get in faith. So Lord, I just pray over every person out there, every person fighting sickness in their bodies right now. We just stand in agreement that they are healed in the name of Jesus. Because Lord, you gave us a covenant of healing. Lord, by the power of the Holy Ghost, whatever needs to be done to open our understandings, to, to, to get us to understand what needs to change or take place in our life so that we can line up with your covenant. Because if we're lined up with your will, lined up with your covenant, Lord God, then healing belongs to us. It's the children's bread. So, Lord, I just speak that over them. I declare the sick have to be healed in the name of Jesus. I declare pain has to leave bodies right now in Jesus' name. Sickness has to go in the name of Jesus. Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over them right now. And we just declare your blood speaks better things. Hebrews 10, 24, it speaks better things, Lord God. It speaks that we're children with a covenant with our God. So, Lord, I praise you for it. I thank you for it right now, Lord. Now, I declare that fear has no place in our lives. We're not going to walk in fear. We're not going to walk in fear of the future. We're not going to be anxious. We're not going to be worrying because we're going to rest. John 10, 29, in the palm of the Father's hand, and there's nothing that's going to take us out. I declare nothing can take us out of the palm of the Father's hand. Nothing can knock us off of the will of God for our lives. Lord, I thank you for it. I praise you for it right now. I praise you for it right now. Just everybody just say that. Say nothing can take me out of the palm of the Father's hand. Come on, make that a declaration right now. Say nothing can take me out of the palm of the Father's hand. That means trouble. That means sickness. That means fear. That means worry. Nothing can take you out of the palm of the Father's hand. Woo! Do y'all believe the Word of God's true? Man, I'm telling you. You can have fun serving the Lord if you'll stand in His promises and know He's faithful to fulfill them. Hello? Now the devil, see, he wants to make it always look like it's not going to happen. He always makes it want to seem like, oh, it's not going to come to pass. Oh, God's not hearing. God's not moving. God's not going to take care of us. That's what the devil, that's his job. To make you think God's not going to make get it brought to pass. But I say if God could form this world out of nothing, I say if God could bring about all the things that we've seen happen in life, well, then I'm sure he can get us over the next hurdle in our life, right? 
the next issue in our life. He's a big enough God. All of you in here, everyone watching out there, you know you've seen God move in your lives. You know he's real. You know he's done things. So don't get, don't get all upset. Don't get all worried. Don't get all fearful. Don't listen to the news. Woo, don't listen to the news. Read the good news. Amen. So look at somebody around you and say, God's got it in his hand. Come on, look at somebody else and say, God's got you right in the palm of his hand. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to freak out. The devil is the king of wanting to make us freak out. Amen. So praise God. We're not people who freak out. Right? We're people of faith and power for the hour. Praise God. Well, glory. I tell y'all what, I was so impressed the last time Dr. Brown preached. We flew him in all the way from Sabinow. <laughs> I didn't even schedule us some time and flew him up here and got him in. And he's going to share with us again tonight. Some other things. I don't know what it all is, but I just know it's going to be good. So Dr. Brown, come on up here tonight. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Greetings to the church. Those present here, those out in virtual land, those listening to the podcast, the, li the live stream. And uh, I want to start tonight uh, by referring back to two weeks ago when I was here. And I talked a little bit about the pillars three and four of the four pillars of health. And that is um, stress management and restorative sleep. And in that, I referred to uh, Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may be able to prove what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I focused on the first part of that verse, do not be conformed to this world, or do not let this world squeeze you, press you into its own mold, because that's where stress lives. That's where stress begins. That's where stress becomes chronic stress. Chronic stress leads to chronic disease. It even disrupts your sleep. And so, in order to counter stress, I talked about mindfulness and meditation at that time. And uh, mindfulness we can uh, define as being aware of the moment that you are in, and to approach that moment in a non-judgmental and a kind way. And I mentioned three things uh, that you should have written down, and that is that in that moment of mindfulness, you're aware of your intention, you are aware of, of attention to what's going on around you, and of your attitude in that moment. I want to start tonight with some sobering statistics 
In um, the 2017 Global Burden of Disease Report, um, they found that mental disorders and substance abuse disorders are the number one cause of years lived with disability worldwide. And in the mental disorder category, the leading causes there are depression and anxiety. And I mentioned two weeks ago that if you're living, if you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. And if you are at peace, you are living in the present. And that's what I want to talk uh, more about tonight, is I want to dive a little bit deeper into mindfulness, but I want to approach it from uh, a Christian perspective. In other words, let's look at the Scripture that talks about mindfulness. In fact, mindfulness is not really new. We didn't just discover mindfulness. It has been around at least since the time of Isaiah, because one of the scriptures that popped into my mind as I was meditating on this is Isaiah 26.3. And um, in the New King James, I memorized it in the RSV, but it had a lot of thou's and these and dust. So uh, in the New King James, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now, if you want a definition of mindfulness, that's it. Isaiah 26.3. So I really encourage you, I even urge you, I exhort you to meditate on that verse. If you have not memorized it, memorize it. Because it becomes... Um, an arrow in your quiver, so to speak. It is, is ready at hand if you have it memorized, so no matter where you are, you can enter into peace because your mind is full of God. There's mindfulness. So you will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So the man who trusts in and relies upon God can walk and, and live in perfect peace. So um, let's look at this a little bit deeper. So get your Bibles out. And go to uh, Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 30. Matthew chapter 6, verse 30. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Now let's stop right there. And um, 
that the Greek word where it says, therefore, do not worry. In the King James, it says, take no thought is the same Greek word that is used in Philippians 4, 6 that says, have no anxiety about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That, that word means have no anxiety, don't worry. And so Jesus is saying here, do not worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. The Gentiles seek these things. So if we can see right there in that verse, for all, after all these things, the Gentiles seek is the world. We live in a consumer-based world right now. It is all about getting and getting and then get more. All the advertising is aimed at you getting and obtaining. And that is what the Gentiles seek. It's the same thing if you flip back over to verses 7 and 8 in that chapter. Jesus says, And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. It's the parallel thought to the, over here in verse 32. So those who pray with vain repetitions, the heathens, is the world. And yet, he, he's saying, your Father knows exactly what you need before you even say it. Your Father knows that you need food and clothes, and drink. So that's the difference, is you can go with the world and let the world squeeze you into its mold, or you can go with God, who knows you. He knows your every need. He knows everything about you. He knows every word that comes out of your mouth before you even say it. Acts 17.28, Paul is in Athens, and he is speaking to a group of the men of Athens, the philosophers in Athens, and one of the things he says in Acts 17.28, he says, for in him we live and move and have our being. So, uh, so, what we're going to do is we're going to be mindful in the present moment of being in His presence. Jesus goes on to say, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Earlier He had the Lord's Prayer, and He said, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's all about His kingdom. So we are called to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and He makes sure that everything else is added unto us. Now the verse I really want to key in on tonight that goes along with that whole idea of living and moving and having our life in Him and, and our being in Him is verse 34. 
Therefore, do not worry. So there's the Greek word again. Don't take thought for, don't have any anxiety. Do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So what Jesus is saying is, you cannot change tomorrow. You don't even know what is coming tomorrow. So there is no reason for you to worry about it. Sufficient for the day is what is before you in the day. In other words, he's saying, I want you to live in this moment with me. In Him, we live and move and have our being. We are being right now. It, you can't have been or will be your being right now in the great I Am. In fact, Robert, uh, a couple Sundays ago, talked about when God was uh, talking to Moses, and Moses said, well, who am I going to say uh, sent me? And he said, I am, that I am. And Robert said, you could also think of it as I be. And so we are being right now in the moment in I be. That's mindfulness. When we choose to be in His presence, to be mindful of God, He meets us right there. In fact, Hebrews 10.22 says, because Jesus is our high priest, we can go right into the Holy of Holies and enter into the very presence of God full of confidence, no guilt, no shame, but right in the presence of God in this very moment. And when we are there, we shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The New Living Translation says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything that I need. So when we come into His presence, we, are, we have the fullness of who He is. He meets our every need. He knows ahead of time what our need is, and He supplies it. And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19 And um, also, when we're there we enter into His rest. Hebrews 4, 6-9. We have a rest that we can enter into. He has provided a rest. And when we come in mindfulness into His presence where we shall not want, we know that perfect peace. We know a perfect rest in Him. When we come into His presence, and we are living and moving and having our being in Him, then we can be very aware of our breath. The Greek word is pneuma. It means breath and it means spirit. And so be very aware and cognizant that our life 
comes from the life giver. Our life is His. He breathes into our nostrils. He gives us our every breath. He gives us our every heartbeat. And our life is in I.B. Amen? I submit to you, church, that being mindful is the same thing as walking in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, Paul says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and do not gratify the desires of the flesh. Remember, two weeks ago, I talked about uh, 1 Peter 2.11, that says that we should, as aliens and exiles, abstain from the passions of the flesh that wage war against our soul. So we're in this war. The world wants to grab us by the passions of our flesh and squash us into its mold. And yet we can come to Him and we can walk in the Spirit because He has filled us with His Spirit. The Spirit of Christ lives in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit within us. We've gone over this before, three weeks ago. And so because His Spirit lives in us, we are not our own. He bought us with the price, the blood of Jesus. And so we should glorify Him in our bodies. And so we have the uh, privilege of walking every day in this moment, mindful and in His Spirit. And in His Spirit, then we will uh, exude the gifts of the Spirit. So remember, I talked to you about the definition of mindfulness is, is being there in and approaching your situation with kindness and gentleness. Does that sound familiar? Sounds like the fruit of the Spirit to me. And so, love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So we are going to be self-controlled in that moment of mindfulness. So... Because we, Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, so be focused on today, this moment, then we are called to work and behave like Christ. 1 Peter 1 and verse 15 says, because he who called you is holy, be holy in all your conduct. So we are being holy because He is holy. And so our conduct is our behavior. So every day, every moment as we walk, we should be walking in the same footsteps that Jesus walked. We should be walking like Him. And we should be like Him. We're being conformed to His image uh, by, from one degree of glory to another. So our, um, I would say that to walk in the Spirit every day in the moment is our only obligation to tomorrow, is to walk in the Spirit now. Because when tomorrow gets here, it's today. So if we are walking out God's will in our life, if we are walking out the Spirit in our life, then we can be sure that He is leading us to a glorious destiny.
you might be thinking, um, okay, so um, am I supposed to plan for tomorrow? Yes, you are. God gave us a mind to use. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. He didn't say don't plan. In fact, Proverbs 16.9 says, a man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Now, let me give you an example. I go on a prayer walk every day, two and a half miles, and I plan. In fact, tomorrow, I went this morning, tomorrow I plan to go on a prayer walk, as I do every day. And my prayer walk consists of a route that is two and a half miles long, but it is composed of a series of steps, consecutive steps. I have to take one step and then another step, and I end up taking 5,000 steps in my two and a half miles. The Lord directs our steps. I'm not at my destination when I begin, but the Lord directs my steps to my destination. So your destination tomorrow is already known to our Father, and He knows where He's taking you. In fact, Psalm 73, verse 24 says, you guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. So he is leading us to a glorious destiny. If you are in Christ, he knows the plan that he has for you, and he knew it from the foundation of the world. So I take my steps or my prayer walk, and I am in the moment Every step I take, I am in communion with my Father. I am talking to my Father, and He is talking to me. I speak to Him, He listens, He speaks to me, I listen. And I get my direction from Him. We can plan, and we don't have to fret because we know that God has everything in control. There's a couple of verses in um, Psalm 37 that I really like. Psalm 37, verse 23, in the New Living Translation, says, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of our lives. And in, verses, in verse 7, he says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for Him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. So what the psalmist is saying, David, saying, you be still in His presence be mindful, be in the present moment, be being in Him, and do not fret about the world. Do not worry about the world, because your life is hidden 
with Christ in God. So we don't have to worry, we don't have to fret, but we can wait patiently, trusting Him to act. So what I want to do is um, finish up tonight with a story. A story out of my life um, to demonstrate a little bit about what I'm sharing with you tonight. About a little over three years ago, my dad died. And um, he, uh, he was my hero. And after his death, I was a little bit at loose ends. And uh, just going out on my prayer walk again and um, praying and just seeking God and um, asking him to still my soul. And, uh, and he did. He was faithful. And uh, he came close to me and he comforted me. And one day on uh, a prayer walk, um, Pastor Robert called me. And uh, we, in our course of our conversation, he posed a question. And he said, Lex, do you think that uh, God gave you all of the education and the talent and the experience in medicine and not to use it? Because at the time, I, I, I wasn't practicing medicine. I was retired. And um, I couldn't answer him. I, had to, I, I took that into my heart, and I continued to pray over that. And here's where the mindfulness in the presence of God comes in. So as I prayed through this on my daily prayer walk, taking one step after another, the Lord was directing my steps. And He spoke clearly to me. And He said, I want you to apply to the Integrative Medicine Fellowship at the University of Arizona because there is going to be a healing center in the Savannah Canyon. And I went, uh, okay, Father. And I did. I applied in the fall of 2017 to the program at the University of Arizona. I heard within a week that I was accepted, and I began the fellowship in integrative medicine in February of 2018. The first unit of instruction in that fellowship had to do with mindfulness. Because burnout among physicians is epidemic. Because physicians are being squeezed into the world's mold. And at, from that time on, I began to practice exactly what I've been sharing with you tonight. I shared with you two weeks ago a, a breathing, 478 breathing, and a meditation on Psalm 62. I do that every day. I practice mindfulness. I stay in the presence of God. And so I knew that this program was two years, but I didn't worry about 
two years from now. I didn't worry about the next year. I didn't worry about the unit beyond the unit that I was studying at the time. In other words, I took every day as that moment of, being, of walking with God and being diligent and exercising self-discipline in studying integrative medicine. And I took it one day at a time. I, I, what I worked on at, for that day, and I behaved, I walked in the Spirit, I worked diligently, and I did the work of that day as my obligation to tomorrow. And when tomorrow came, I worked that day. And lo and behold, the next thing I know, I'm graduating as a fellow in integrative medicine this past February. But to show you what God's doing in terms of directing your steps, because I had no idea what things were going to look like in the future. I still don't know what some things are going to look like in the future. But in December of last year, a woman called me up or got in contact with me, and she asked me if I would take care of her. She was just coming out of chemotherapy for cancer. She's a cancer survivor, and she wanted me to take care of her cancer survivorship. So Lana Beth Waltz became my very first integrative medicine patient. Lana Beth gave me permission to talk about her tonight because she's part of this story of mindfulness. So I created an integrative medicine plan that was based on the four pillars of health for Lana Beth, tailored to her in concert with her oncologist, and she began to follow the plan. And part of that plan was mindfulness and meditation. And she began to practice mindfulness. She began to meditate. She meditated on the Psalm 62, verses 5 and 6. Let all that I am wait quietly before God. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My hope is in God. Her hope on this side of cancer is in God. She trusts in Him. When I began with her, I said, Leonard Beth, I, I want to know what your health goals are. And one of her goals, goal number three, was I want to be stronger and better on this side of cancer than I was before. And she is. And then her number four goal was I want to be an example of the power of the Waterhole Healing Center. And she is. Because... One of the things I urged Lanabeth to do at our very first meeting when I went over the plan with her, it says, I want you to engage with the Father 
about your destiny. Remember I said in Psalm 73, he's leading us to a glorious destiny. He's leading her to a glorious destiny. He has a destiny in mind for Lanabeth. And so Lanabeth did. She has a mercy gift. She knows everybody and she talks to everybody. And she loves to cook. So at the very first meeting, I gave her a book by a woman named Rebecca Katz called The Cancer-Fighting Kitchen, and I said, this now becomes your culinary Bible in order to eat correctly in survivorship. And now, Lanabeth, in reaching for her destiny, is taking an online course in The Cancer-Fighting Kitchen. And she has agreed to help me establish and run a teaching kitchen. So she is now walking in that mindfulness, and the Lord is directing her steps, and He is leading her in the fullness of her gifting for the sake of the body of Christ and for others. So church, that's what our Father in Heaven has called all of us to, is to come to that place where we spend that intense personal time in His presence, mindful, mindful of Him and to know His expressed desire for our lives because He delights in every detail of our life. Every one of us can walk that way. And we can walk in health. We can walk in power. We can walk boldly. And we can hold forth the Word of life to a world that has been pressed in to Satan's mold. Amen? Amen. So next week, uh, I get to talk again. And what I want to talk about is the second half of Romans 12.2. So the first part was, do not be conformed to this world. The second part is, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So what I want to talk about next week is what's known as neuroplasticity, that you can change your mind, and how you can rewire your mind and become more and more like Jesus every day. Amen? Okay, so I'm going to give it back over to Pastor Robert. Praise God. Praise God. That's good stuff, huh? Y'all are just so happy he didn't talk about sugar tonight. You just would, you'd have loved anything he said, as long as it wasn't on that. <laughs> Praise God. No, I tell you, this message has blessed me about being mindful. I don't know how many times in, since he taught that two weeks ago or whatever it was that I have stopped 
478-478-478. Be mindful. Be mindful. Be mindful. Stop. Stop. Be mindful. I'm getting there. Bless God. So praise God. Good stuff. Amen. I love that the only obligation to tomorrow is to walk in the spirit today. Amen. Okay. So praise God. He'll be back next week. Flying back in. And uh, have him here. So I, I just want to say something and, and as we close up service. You know, listen to me, folks. I, I, the reason why it, all of this is taking place is for a purpose. You've got to understand that for a purpose. I want you as the, as the sheep here at Living Waters Church to be fed as good as you possibly can. And I'm telling you, there is an onslaught going on in the world today that, that is absolutely contradictory to everything that was preached tonight. Well, I guess it's not contradictory. It is just the work of the enemy happening. And if you don't have this knowledge in there, you're going to get overwhelmed. Because the world wants to put us right now into fear and to worry. And it's like, oh, my gosh, the next thing. And oh, my gosh, the next thing. And oh, my gosh, the next thing. And, and it's getting really crazy. And so I just want you to know this stuff is good. This is what's going to keep us healthy. This is what makes the Waterhole Healing Center function. Because we have teaching like this and a place to go to find out the truth. Amen. So praise God. So listen, everybody out there, you know what to do. Don't worry. Stay in there. Get in the word. Listen to this message again and again and again and be back with us next week. So praise God. Everybody stand up. Look at the person beside you and say, be mindful. Look at another person and say, stay in the spirit. It's the same thing. Amen. Now, I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray over the offering. I want to pray over each and every one of you tonight. But I feel in my heart that some of you, you're hearing this message and you're, you, you, you are saying, oh, oh, how I wish I could be there. Oh, how I wish I could have peace. How I wish that I, I could not be worried about tomorrow. Listen to me. You can, but you've got to do some work at it. You're going to need to hear next week's message about how to rewire your mind and to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But listen to me. I want to pray over you tonight that God's going to give you the peace you're going to begin to see it all that 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 husk is going to begin to fall off of you the scales are going to fall off your eyes and you're going to you're going to see what Jesus has for you so let me pray father I just declare tonight right now in Jesus name I pray over everyone out there Lord everyone watching everyone listening everyone in here tonight Lord that that our that we will understand the impact Right now of this message that we will not be worried about tomorrow. We will not be taken down that road of fear. We will not be led off astray, but we will walk in the spirit. Lord, we're not going to turn vicious. We're not going to turn angry. We're not going to get mad. We're not going to throw things. Lord, we're not going to just lose it. Be freaking out all the time because we don't stay mindful. But tonight I declare that we're going to stay and we're going to walk in the spirit. And so, Lord, I pray over each and every person who's been bound by years and years of torture in their minds. That, Lord, tonight is a, is a freedom. Freedom for them to start walking in the things of God, the promises of God. And, Lord, I thank you for it. Now, I just declare that we are free to walk with you. I declare, Lord God, that everyone out there is blessed. As I said earlier, Lord, that according to John 10, 29, we are in the palm of the Father's hand. Ain't nothing going to take us out. So I declare they're blessed. I declare their finances are blessed. Their businesses are blessed. Lord, everything that they put their hands to will prosper because that's the promise you give us. 
So bless them now, Lord, and we thank you for them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.